how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. How's it going? Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. It's time once again for another installment of remixes this is the seventh time we've done this yeah (laughs) (laughs) these are some of the funnest episodes for us we love checking in with this really talented scene community similar to our modern chiptunes episodes we try to do it once a year and it's a really good way to check in and also it's a good excuse to hear some of the best some of the most classic video game melodies of all time in kind of interesting arrangements yeah definitely um, yeah, I think you mentioned the chiptune community, and I think it's something that's unique to video game music that in addition to being media music, it's kind of spawned subcultures yeah. of composers, artists, engineers, musicians that uh, are so inspired to either create their own stuff mm-hmm. um, in the form of chiptunes using the older tools and technology, or in the case of Remix, it's kind of like the opposite. It's almost taking the spirit of that original music and often presenting it in a more modern or pastiche style. There's so many yeah. different ways. In, in, in a way, I think it means that these episodes tend to be even more diverse than our chiptunes episodes. I think even so. I have to say, over the years, those modern chiptune episodes have become so diverse in terms of how far-reaching the, the well, term another thing chiptune is, can mean. There's a lot of linkage between these communities. Sometimes there are artists that are involved. You know, we're a good example of that. I would say we do remixes, we do covers, arrangements of video game music. We also do original stuff, and there's a lot of artists out there, um, some of which we're even playing today, where they do both. They do original music, they do remixes, they do all kinds of stuff. One thing that would be interesting just to talk about at the very top here is the terminology. So the terminology of remix is something that kind of came out of the hip hop community, probably in the, I don't know, would you say maybe early 90s? I'm trying to think of when that term started to become yeah, popular. Yeah, probably late 80s, early 90s. So that's where it came from. And, and really, a remix is something that technically should be sampling an existing piece of music. If it's not actually sampling it, right. technically speaking, it shouldn't be a remix. What's interesting is I would say then that means most of OC Remix's catalog shouldn't be technically called remixes. But however, it's yeah, how they're It's used. interesting the way those terms work. I mean, it's, it's very similar to how beat, which musicologically yeah. refers to the pulse, um, Sometimes it can just mean the whole with song a rhythm with a specific groove, the, the, or yeah, a, a, like just almost the entire rhythmic aspect of a piece of music can be referred to as "quote unquote" the beat. I think that often happens with musical terms where they their their definitions evolve over time. So some of the artists in the scene use that term "remix." Uh, there is also, I mean, so what's the difference between a remix, a cover? That's something that I use. I think we use in the Mercado Bros. To me, that's more of like a very faithful performance like maybe a real performance of a piece of video game music. There's an arrangement. We have definitely have some examples of what I would consider arrangements today. All of that stuff is fair game, whatever you want to call it. It's all fair game for these episodes. What you heard playing in, this is really fun. That was a remix of Will's, uh, and we're actually going to close the episode with, uh, I would say, a cover of mine. And so what a fun way to bookend this episode. What was that, Will? So that was the special stage theme from Sonic 2, and I thought it would be fun to do... Uh, when when um, the sort of lockdown quarantine started happening, I was occupying some of my time by making 8-bit remixes of 16-bit 
pieces of music. No mm-hmm. one was asking for this, but I just <laughs> thought it would be fun. The universe was, did, though, in a way. I did Super Mario World. I did Meridia from Metroid. And then I thought it would be fun to do an FM tune from... Because we did our Sonic... I think we did a Sonic 2 episode. Yes, we did, yeah. Uh, and... I just such was a fun so remix, in love man. with this special stage theme, and I thought you it would be captured fun to the do spirit it. of it. Love hearing it with the NES timbers. The this is uh, I'm trying to remember. Is this VRC six here, Will? This is VRC six. Very yeah. cool. Well, there you go. First remix of the day by our very own Will. Let's move on to. It's hard to describe what these are. I guess I would call this a cover or an arrangement, whatever you want to say. This is a YouTube artist by the name of PPF what he goes by and this is really delightful it's outset island the wonderful piece of music from the legend of zelda wind waker let's hear his take on this starting off our episode here we go delightful you guys are listening to outset island a cover from ppf who is a multi-instrumentalist uh it's pretty successful on youtube making video game music covers there's many of those artists like that on youtube uh and that's great if you're a fan of video game music there's no shortage of this stuff this is of course from wind waker i would say it's a very faithful loving um cover of this great piece of music well what i so love about it all of the various instrumentation aspects of this from all the different colorful woodwinds to things like the melodica and tambourine mm-hmm. and even the guitar in the beginning uh while not necessarily being a faithful adaptation of the implied arrangement of the original i think it absolutely captures all of the musical information of yeah. the original track and the spirit of the 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 sort of cutesy language of Wind Waker and this opening island theme. Honestly, I think if this were in like an HD remix version of Wind Waker, I would think it would be perfect and absolutely yeah. fit right at home. And it almost seems like I don't know the timing of when PPF made this specific arrangement. I think it's pretty but new. It almost feels well. It feels like it was a bit influenced by Ryo Nagamatsu's work on Link's Awakening. Oh, I could the, hear that. Switch version. I mean, hearing that Kakariko village with the recorders and the sort of does remind me of that color of the score. That's kind of what this reminds me of. But in many ways, I feel like this goes even further. The variety of woodwind instruments from the recorder sounds 
to the clarinet, to what even sounded like some more folk or ethnic mm-hmm. um, wind instruments. I couldn't quite make everything Well, he does out, have a YouTube video, beautiful... so if anyone's curious to know what these instruments are, you can see him performing it. I couldn't tell you. I can't remember exactly what it is. I know there's a lot of different instruments. Yeah, right. this is a great well, and cover And I suspected here. that these were all performed live, which is all the more impressive because yes. the whole mix and just sonically, it's really pleasant sounding. Everything is well balanced. Well, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite types of we'll just call this a broad VGM remix if we want to use that term. One of my favorite types, very faithful, but just enough of his fresh spin on it and adding some real performance, especially coming from the general MIDI sounds-esque sounds of Wind Waker. It's always a delight to hear that wonderful music performed for real. So that was a really fun way to start off the episode. Okay, let's move on to, I guess I would say, kind of a classic remix. This is an OC remix. Um, So that's what this community would call this. Um, Most of the stuff we're playing today is pretty recent and so definitely within the last year for the most part there might be a couple where it's a little bit older than that but this is very recent it's an oc remix by jen wake that's jn wake um also featuring some other artists so it was a collaborative effort led by jen wake it's a remix from terranigma and so this is called brave new world oc remix let's take a listen Great arrangement here, remix, cover, whatever you want to call this. This is Terranigma Brave New World OC Remix, led by Jin Wake, featuring some other artists. And you can find this on ocremix.org or the OC Remix YouTube channel. Um, I was really charged up when I heard this. I was listening to some OC Remixes, some recent ones, uh, many of which sounded kind of like what I would expect an OC Remix to sound like. And then this one came up. I don't expect to hear real performance very much from this community, at least in the past that wasn't the case. Um, And this was, I don't know, this was just a delight. I think it captures the spirit of Terranigma. The source tune is known as, I think it might be known as a couple things, but one of the titles it's known as is Further Into the Wide World. If you're interested in checking out the original, this is outstanding. Well, this does this falls into I think one of my other favorite categories of covers, remixes, arrangements, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. which is essentially taking the 
it, it takes a much more liberal approach, I think, to reimagining the source material. Yep. It's, it's almost like uh, what you'd hear with a group covering a jazz standard, mm-hmm. like something like that girl from They're Ipanema, not afraid to like play around with heard it, it. So yeah, they can, they can play around with it in new ways. And I think that's such a perfect, that's really what the great corpus of video game melodies should be mm-hmm. in our collective culture. And they're what jazz standards used to be, where they would take, you know, popular tunes and songs from Broadway shows, from films, and reimagine them and use them as kind of the fodder for new music innovations, whether yeah. that's for jazz or any other kind of improvisational well, I was, art form. I was so excited to include remixes such as this today, because this is a great example of that, where they're playing around with it. They're adding a lot of their own flair to it. I love, right. though, that the community is so diverse that there's plenty of different types of remixes. There's other remixes, right. uh, a good example of which would be one of them we're going to get to from some of the bands later on. Uh, very, very faithful performances that are really kind of honoring the original music in more of a specific way. Yeah. And so I love that well, there's so many different cool approaches. About, what's cool about this one for me is it made me appreciate the source material yeah. in a way, I guess, that I... Uh, haven't before. I mm-hmm. love Terranigma, but that's not a particular piece of music that stands out in my mind. Right. And so hearing it in this kind of arrangement, especially just with all of the percussion elements, the drums, the different rhythmic yep. feels and grooves, it, it, I love that as a means of recontextualizing the material. Because I mean, I think as much as we're all used to hearing, you know, super NES samples, I do think um, there's a way of when something is presented in in a different rhythmic schema or with different instruments, it allows our brains to kind of, uh, or it's like different neurons are firing and we're <laughs> listening to it for the first time and appreciating the contour of, oh, I like how it goes from this note to this note where you might not have appreciated some little detail that was there, but you weren't thinking well, of it Well, it's one of way. the things that makes VGM remixes so entertaining because it's a multifaceted thing. You're listening for the original music that you probably already enjoy and then you're listening to, ooh, how are they changing it? There's a lot of levels and layers to it. Uh, let's move on to one of our favorite bands on these episodes, an old standby for these episodes. This is The Consoles. And this is a very groovy and faithful take on 12 o'clock p.m. from the very recent score to Animal Crossing New Horizons. A lot of you will be very, very familiar with this piece of music. And I think this is a good cover. It's very faithful. Just a little bit more kind of jazziness and some real performance elements that we don't get on the original, such as a solo and, and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy this 12 p.m. by The Consoles.
You guys are listening to 12 o'clock p.m. A wonderful cover of a wonderful and relaxing, simple tune from Animal Crossing New Horizons. This is performed by the consoles. Um, there is some material in this game, I believe, contributed by uh, Kazumi Tataka, but other than that, we have the primary composers Yasuaki Iwada, Yumi Takahashi, Shinobu Nagata, Sayako Doi, and Masato Ohashi. But yeah, Will, isn't this just so tasty? I, we were really enjoying the production and the mixing, um, but the performance is also exquisite. Yeah, it really is uh, great. And I mean, I, we just so love the consoles. They're always such a fun and inspired um, their arrangements are so fun and inspired and really added a lot of nice contrast to our episodes. But what's interesting is, from my estimation, when we started these remix episodes, I think they more or less, most of the music fit with the kind of remix. <laughs> they they yeah. were very electronic, uh, almost techno-inspired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still, when I think of a video game remix, I still think of like Paragon X9. <laughs> and I think of like that That's old, like the retro the idea guard, of remix, yeah. which which is adding like four on the floor kick drum or breakbeat drums and just really the scene has house changed music a lot. Um, and it's now it's it's interesting because I feel like in the first time that we played something from the consoles, it was like, what is this? Like this authentic sort of jazz take on this video game music was such a different. But this approach. is becoming more and more popular. There's a lot of but artists yeah, so doing So far, it's this. like everything we've played is all real stuff. Yeah, it's a nice little indication that the scene is changing, tastes are changing, um, I think for the better, hopefully. Uh, let's move on. This is cool. This is kind of a nice mix of old and new. Reminds me of some of the elements of a classic remix we might expect. Uh, some surprising ones. This is hip. I like this. This is a remix from Super Mario Sunshine. It's an Isle Delfino remix by Yoan Turpin. I think you guys will enjoy it. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to an Isle Delfino remix music from Super Mario Sunshine. This is by Yoan Turpin, who uh, I found on YouTube and also SoundCloud. Uh, really cool. I love some of the elements, combining some different genres, a little groovier, maybe kind of more R&B, funkier than I might expect for an Isle Delfino remix. Originally, I had a different Isle Delfino remix that I found, and I was... Um, 
you know, messing around YouTube, and then I found this, and I wanted to include this instead. Uh, yeah, this is cool. I so love this piece of music. I don't know why it's been um, popping in my mind a lot lately. Uh, I, I feel like it's sort of an underrated Koji Kondo masterpiece. Um, <laughs> maybe just because it's slightly more, I guess, relatively speaking, it's slightly more modern than what we th might think of as like his golden era, but it's so right. great. And I love uh, the way you teed this up, Carl, I think is exactly right. It is this mixture of old and new yeah, there's a performance aspect to it, yet the electronic drums and even the kind of what to me sounds like intentional, you know, keyboard sample Yamaha piano that actually mm -hmm. really melds. Uh, it, it melds with the electronic nature of the percussion and the I overall agree. thing. And then I love having that accordion that's much more authentic to kind of what the original track was doing. Uh, this is an interesting remix because I feel like what it's changing rather than as much of like stark musical differences, it's more changing mood, tempo. Yeah. It, it's almost like this it's is a so track tasteful. that could fit in the game as like a Isle Delfino I mean, night. I'll be honest, this something. is to me this is kind of a ten out of ten remix because it's never gonna replace the original and it's not trying to do that. It's trying to do something fun with it and to wink at it. But it's also not unrecognizable. Exactly. Like, if you like this remix, it's probably for a lot of the same reasons you like the original. Yeah, the I agree. Melody, the harmonies, the overall relaxing groove nature of it. It's true to the spirit of what makes Isle Delfino so marvelous. Solid remix. Nice job, Mr. Turpin. Let's move on. This is going to be a treat to any Final Fantasy fans out there listening. One of my favorite artists, remixers, um, that we featured a lot on this podcast. He's so, so good. Based out of Nashville, this is Joshua Morse. And he's actually so good that he has two tracks that made the playlist today. Uh, this is a remix from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, the original source tune is Shadow. So any fans of that tune will hopefully enjoy this. It's, it's surprisingly funky here, folks. This is For a Nickel by Joshua Morse. <laughs> This is so good. Joshua Morris, he has an endless love of New Jack Swing and Michael Jackson style music. A lot of his remixes and original tunes have this swaggering style. This is, this is what I want Sonic to sound like. <laughs> this tune is called For a Nickel, which is remixing Final Fantasy VI Shadow. I agree, man. Yeah, this is just 
the hippest, coolest thing ever. See, Love I kind of wish when Sonic went 3D, they would have... When they're trying to go for, like, Red Book audio on the Dreamcast, let's say... They would have gone for this going style. for the high-energy rock, go for something like this. I think part of... It makes sense why Jun Senoue with Sonic Adventure went the route that he did. Because I, I think, think he's more into rock point, music. But I also think a big selling point of that game was, like, the speed and experiencing the right. rush of Sonic in 3D. Though, funny enough, that's actually what I dislike about the 3D Sonic games. They're too fast that they don't have the sense of fun platforming that the old ones we, did. We do have to stick to Final Fantasy. That's funny. We always get off on tangents about Sonic games. But yeah, this was a surprising genre choice for a Final Fantasy remix. He's clearly having a lot of fun trying to subvert your expectations and take this really great composition uh, and see, okay, would this work in totally different style? Right. And it works. I do think a lot of Final Fantasy music, for whatever reason, I think it's because the melodies are so strong that yeah. they do lend themselves to a variety of styles. We've you know, seen Travis that time and time and I've again. Been talking about he has this great idea of doing awakening uh from final fantasy 6 in a very specific genre style that i don't want to yeah. give away because i don't want to out his idea um but th- i think there there is something about the i guess the mixture of like the inevitability of uematsu's melodies that they're mm-hmm. they feel so natural and timeless um yet there's an experimental edge to a lot of his work that i think on a subconscious level, I imagine really inspires the idea of creativity and reimagining that music in different genre styles. Because, you know, when you look at any of the Final Fantasy soundtracks, there is this sort of eclecticism built into the aesthetic that he That's creates. That's true. And, and this is yet another example of a remix where I know for a fact, if I were to show this to Imatsu-san, he would have the biggest smile on his face. He would oh, love I'm sure. this. Well, especially, I feel like he's loving. kind of the, he's the era, um, just generation-wise, that I think would really appreciate appreciate the kind of pastiche that this is going for too i agree well that's one contender for me for track of the week we'll have to decide maybe at the end of the episode uh let's move on to another one this is incredible we're gonna go to the 8-bit big band uh someone we featured before uh i believe on a previous remix episode or show and tell can't remember outstanding big band really i would call them almost like an orchestra they have strings they have amazing solo performers that are that are guesting on individual tunes this is a cool choice it's the moon theme from ducktales let's take a listen to this performed by the 8-bit big band
You guys are listening to the Moon theme from DuckTales by the 8-Bit Big Band. An outstanding arrangement. Holy smokes. I love it so much because it's it's capturing what's really special about the original. And if you're a fan of the original, like we've said before, it's you're going to enjoy this one. There's a lot that they retained of the original. There's a lot that's recognizable, but it's going to surprise you too. The really surprising flourishes and solos and changed chords. Oh my god, yeah, it's just a really hip arrangement. I think the great thing about arrangements of NES music is because there's such limited information there that your imaginations almost have to fill in the gaps. Yeah, I and love so that. I think we're not as offended by because I wouldn't exactly call it a reharmonization as much as a harmonization. It's like a fleshing I mean, out. All yeah. the original, yeah, all the original um, <laughs> information is in there, so to speak, but, but it's more. just complemented, yeah, by other things. This is a, a delightful arrangement. It kind of I, I was imagining, you know, just looking at this, the moon from DuckTales by a big band. I imagine yep. that opening arpeggio is going to have some twinkly piano something. I imagine saxophones and trumpets are going to have the melody at some point. It's a nice but eclectic I really mix. Like I mean, even some like synth elements, uh, having the, yeah. the electric dancey kind of octave bass was, was something you really wanted to hear. Great solos by the sax player, great drumming. Yep, that's outstanding. I will, I will say that uh, for me, I'm, I was a little bit disappointed with the the overall mix of this track. It had sort of a weak sound when it comes to the brass. Like it just felt a little dull and not as punchy Kinda as hit I imagine. Yeah, it some would of the if you were like in a real space where this brass band was playing like i feel like this arrangement would work perfectly in a way that almost isn't communicated by the mix some of their mixes are definitely exquisite and and maybe it's just kind of depends on the track and the in the arrangement and stuff but yeah this the arrangement though really shines you know what i'd love to hear because the that opening section has like a missing eighth or missing 16th yeah. note but then eventually it turns into 4/4 when the groove comes in I'd love to hear an arrangement of this theme where they keep that sort of lopsided, whatever it is, 15, that would be cool. eight or 11, eight through the whole track. I, I imagine someone's done that at this point, but that we would should be look cool. for that. All right, let's move back to Sonic two. Uh, it's the game that we started the episode off. Will had a cool family tracker remix. Let's see what Mesmonium has to say with this game. This is a Sonic two chemical plant zone. He calls it a smooth remix. I really like this. Um, again, he's changing up the chords, um, adding some moments of surprise. But again, if you're a fan of Chemical Plant Zone, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy this. Let's take a listen.
this is Hip. You guys are listening to Chemical Plant Zone Smooth Remix by Mesmonium, obviously from Sonic 2. Um, I think he said in the description on this YouTube video that he was definitely influenced by the work of T. Lopez, and you can hear that. It sounds like something T. would would do in uh, kind of like, you know, some sort of modern Sonic game that's reimagining the old music for like an Act 2 version really good yeah i love this uh, arrangement now this is a remix like yes, i it have is. no a classic gripes remix. about calling this a remix um <laughs> a remix. i i love i just love everything about this i this i totally hear the t lopez uh, influence and it also it feels like something that would fit in place in sort of a modern sonic game taking the um i like that it has almost like the this feels like in the spirit of what Masato Nakamura would have gone for had he been able to fully produce right. uh, these pieces of music with the equipment and styles of the time. Yeah, it's, it's a delightful remix because there's something about the spirit of the original that is conveyed in this and it right. makes you smile. But again, the, the choices um, where he is able to to stretch out and to go places that you aren't expecting are right. They really work for me. I think the one place that it felt a little underwhelming to me was just the melody being such a generic, almost the instrument synth lead that it doesn't feel like it's taking it any step beyond what the original was doing. That's interesting. In the way that like the bass and the, the, all the, all the harmonic elements yeah, in the saying. groove felt a little bit like more adding something. And there's nothing wrong with that instrument per se. I guess it's just like once the melody comes in, to me, it doesn't feel like it's adding enough new as, as right. much as like the rest of the track feels like there's creative. I really like how they do that chromatic voice leading of the bum, 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 you know, where they, yeah, kind that's of, cool, man. Instead of bum, 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 they make it this sort of climbing chromatic figure. That's cool. And it fits the sort of smooth <laughs> categorization of this remix. I'm a big fan of that remix. Yeah, nice job. Mesmonium. Let's move on to a very different type of remix for these episodes i always want to get one of these at least this is a solo piano performance music originally from castlevania symphony of the night this is a cover of dance of pales by lawrence manning let's take a listen You guys are listening to the pianist Lawrence Manning. 
A great cover of Dance of Pales from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, composed originally by Michiro Yamani. And I was checking out um, Lawrence's YouTube channel. She has a lot of great piano covers, very active on YouTube. Um, This is one of the best ones that I heard. This is a really wonderful performance. Yeah, it's great. Very classical. Uh, it, It sounds like something that you would hear in a film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a certain style of film music that is a bit of like a I guess a minor waltz classical pastiche kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I I mentioned this last week I think, but I don't know why it's making me think of Jan Tiersen again, the composer <laughs> from Amelie. Tiersen is on your mind apparently, man. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I mean he writes a lot. A lot of his pieces are minor waltzes. In kind of this quasi-classical, melodic folk style. This is so gorgeous, though. I love the um, the implication of those almost like, uh, I don't know, augmented major seventh chords. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some interesting harmonies in there that feel kind of in that line between late romantic and jazz yeah um, which i i love and it, it captures the sort of dark evocative nature of what i think a lot of castlevania music is meant to kind of conjure man that was solid really nice job lawrence i enjoyed that a lot let's move on to our favorites the usual suspects this is the hit points and um this is especially impressive because this is a piece of music we just played on the podcast a couple weeks ago. This is a their cover of the athletic theme from Super Mario World, but it's so dang good and so dang fun that I have no problems <laughs> playing this again because that's how good the hit points are. Let's all enjoy this cover of a classic. This is the athletic theme by the hit points. smokes <laughs> we adore the hit points one of those groups that is so good it just makes you want to quit performing music this is the athletic theme well, from and Super they're Mario. such 
they're such humble, nice guys. They're so fun to talk to. They're really down-to-earth guys, but they're just the most beast musicians I've ever heard. Yep. I, I just have so much fun listening to them. I mean, I feel the same way whenever I listen to Travis's trio play, that they're just yeah. they're such amazing technical feats, but it's all in service of just producing Yeah, I mean, I will say that. <sighs> and that's what, like, the hit points, their music is just, it's so technically impressive, but it's not impressive for the sake of being technical. It's in service of just putting a smile on everyone's face. Well, in addition to the really great choices of the the covers they do, I mean, their solos are just monstrous. They always just make me smile. Um, We'll say the members here, the hit points, we have Matt Menefee, Eli Bishop, uh, who joined us, uh, the the, the past VGM con, he actually joined us on stage. He's an amazing violinist. We have Jeff Saunders and Jake Stargill. So those are the members of the hit points. And honestly, at some point, we should just do a whole episode on their music. I can't believe we haven't done that yet. Yeah, no, I really, uh, this is so good. Let's play it again. (laughs) Like, I seriously, like, feel like just listening to it again. It's just amazing. It's really good. Okay, let's move on to another classic artist on these episodes. A really strong back-to-back showcase here. This is Insane in the Rain. And this is a fun little collaboration because this is a great cover he did that features um, Aka Banda, who's a wonderful ocarina band that we've actually seen at MAGFest. I, I have a memory of them performing in the hallways at a previous MAGFest. So they're a great ocarina band that's featured in this Insane in the Rain arrangement. Let's take a listen to this. It's Chrono Trigger Millennial Fair Jazz Cover. You guys are listening to Millennial Fair Jazz Cover. Music composed by Yasunori Mitsuda from Chrono Trigger. This is Insane in the Rain featuring Akabanda. So delightful. I mean, some of the same spirit that we've had today uh, with that PPF cover. I mean, some of these covers kind of go hand in hand. I wasn't planning that to be a vibe uh, today, but I couldn't resist this. So far, I would say this is my second favorite remix behind the Hit Points one. I might agree. I love this. It's really infectious and sweet, and it does that great thing of making me appreciate the source material even more. What a killer melody. I mean, if you don't love Yasunori Matsuda enough, 
It's just so strong. I was telling Carl when we were listening to this, I'd love to do, you know, we did that episode on the Dorian mode. I'd love to do an episode on the Mixolydian mode um, because that's the mode that this particular track mostly utilizes. I mean, there's some chromatic shifts in the B section, but that main melody uses the um, flat seventh in that sort of overall major sonority. That would be a really fun episode, man. Really happy. Yeah. There's a there's a happiness that that mode conveys. Well, there's a sense of um, a cyclicism to Mixolydian because it avoids having that half step leading tone sound. Right. That you know the five chord is almost just as comfortable as the one chord, and it's just really open and wistful. everything's so comfortable in this mode. Yeah. Man, that's good. Okay, well, this is a great arrangement. Anyone who is a fan of the Golden Sun music and is a fan of orchestral music, you're going to enjoy this arrangement. Um, It's by Sam Dillard, and it is an OC remix, technically. It's called Golden Sun, Golden Sunrise, OC remix. So imagine that crappy GBA sounds. Uh, This is a great score by Sakuraba. Um, that was really yearning for this type of an arrangement. So for fans of that score, this is probably a real treat. Let's take a listen to this Golden Sunrise OC remix by Sam Dillard. Very beautiful arrangement here. This is a real treat. You guys are listening to Golden Sunrise OC Remix. Music uh, originally composed by Motoi Sakuraba from Golden Sun. This is by Sam Dillard. This is really well done. Really good instruments. Uh, nice, I believe all virtual instruments, but really pleasing Definitely. sounds. And um, yeah, going from the GBA to this, uh, it's kind of a trip. This is great. Yeah, I particularly love this uh, latter section when the yep. sort of more traditional Hollywood groove, so to speak, comes in mm-hmm. um, with that ostinato. It's a great realization of it. It makes it feel like a Jerry Goldsmith or Alan Silvestri theme. Uh, it's really lovely. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, the, there's some things about, to me, the um, 
the virtual instruments kind of give their hand away. I actually think that it could use a little bit more finesse when it comes to the implementation of the verb and the EQ and everything. Sure. But the performance, the actual like expressiveness of the samples is really nice. And the writing is just beautiful. I love this. Great writing, great composition, great arrangement. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if you're a fan of Golden Sun, I hope that there are some Golden Sun fans listening to this that haven't heard this. And I imagine that you're going to just be smiling, you know, from ear to ear. Really, really good stuff. And again, this is an OC remix. I was listening to a lot of OC remixes, and the two OCs that I chose today could not sound less like a typical OC remix. We had that Terranigma one, and then we had this one. So yeah, the scene does appear to be changing, um, maybe a little more diverse, and level of taste seems to be increasing year by year. Okay, guys, let's move on to one of our favorite VGM bands, our good friends, Kirby's Dream Band. This is out of their recent album, their most recent release. It's called Bat Out of Hal. Such a fun and nerdy title for them for this album. A typically Let's take a kind of pun name. Yep. Inside Baseball. So this is a cover that is not Kirby related. If you're jonesing for more of their Kirby stuff, they do have some some great new Kirby uh, material on that album. But this is one I really liked. It's very faithful. If you remember Power Drift, classic arcade music, you're going to enjoy this. Let's take a listen to their cover of Power Drift. Oh my god, this is so good. You guys are listening to Power Drift by the incredible Kirby's Dream Band, one of the most solid VGM bands ever. We're really, really big fans of these guys, and they're friends of ours. We met them at a previous MAGFest and still stay in touch once in a while. For a while, we saw them at you know conventions, but now with this COVID stuff, let's hope that MAGFest is happening next year. Let's hope that these things will happen soon but in any case what a really rocking and energetic version of this classic power drift yeah it's a great blend of keyboard synths and rock guitars it feels like it's tapping into the spirit of you know high energy 80s rock which is i mean that's what definitely the what was going hiroshi for. kawaguchi was going for this is a game that came out in 1988 and so this sounds honestly like a 1988 like instrumental rock song that you might hear. It's just really tasteful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't imagine a more satisfying arrangement 
of this theme. And it, like some of the best <laughs> remixes that we've heard today, uh, puts a new context on an old classic and for me helps me appreciate what was so strong about a piece of music that, not to say I completely overlooked, but that I don't yeah. think I appreciated in quite this quality. And that's something that frequently I find happens with Kirby's Dream Band. I totally agree. Oh my God, so, so good. All right, guys, we're going to play another Joshua Morse uh, cover, I guess I would say, remix. It's really good. Um, I didn't mention before, but the previous Morse track we played was from his album Game Music Selections Volume 1. This is from his album Power Shot, which is a Mega Man arrangement album. And this is cool. This is a choice. You don't hear a lot of Mega Man 1 arrangements out there. And so this is cool. This is Fireman from Mega Man, and it's Josh Morse's own interesting take on it. Let's take a listen. Very cool arrangement here. This is Fireman, obviously from Mega Man. This is by Joshua Morse from his album Power Shot. And it's kind of a surprising choice. I mean, the first like 20 or so seconds of this piece, it's easy to not even recognize the source tune. Oh, is this, what? which tune is this? And then eventually uh, some of the more recognizable parts of the melody come in. But yeah, this is a really interesting and unique uh, remix. It's, it's incredibly funky, like almost everything Josh puts out. Yeah, I dig this. Ooh. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this arrangement. It definitely taps into the sort of edgy, fiery spirit of, I think, what Manami Matsumai was going for yeah. with this track. But it's also realizing it in a sort of pastiche style that's a little bit different than what her track maybe evoked. Um, but it's also another example of like the, um, the uh, uh, what is it, the Moon from DuckTales big band where it's rather than conceptualizing it as a reharmonization, it's almost like just a, a an expanded harmonization. Yeah, for sure. Well, all did the you, detail of the original. Did you notice that later on in the track, I thought I was hearing like some Mega Man X like guitar samples, which is a fun little addition to throw in this uh, remix yeah, from I music from Mega Man 1. I wonder if they're like just old 90s synth guitar sounds yeah, that rather could be. than Super Nintendo samples. They just kind of evoke kind of a retro I gotta say, I mean, sound. listening to Josh's music is just so much fun because he has such a love for the music of the 80s and 90s and his, his tunes always kind of have an element of nostalgia to them. Uh, and kind of a send up to this older era. I mean, I wish that pop music still had this sound, uh, but yeah, it's 
it's always a joy to listen to his his remixes so totally. that was a cool one there okay let's change things up and go to something very different now this is a really wonderful solo classical guitar cover by sam griffin of super guitar brothers he puts out his own kind of solo covers on his youtube channel which are outstanding uh this is a shovel knight one this is uh bucklers and bonnets i'm trying to remember the use of this in the game uh we'll, we'll take a listen to it and then we'll recall this is his cover again it's sam griffin let's check it out You guys are listening to Bucklers and Bonnets, a classical guitar cover, music from Shovel Knight and performed by Sam Griffin of Super Guitar Bros, one of the Super Bros himself. Um, yeah, so this is, I had to kind of familiarize myself again, this is kind of the armor theme. Um, how would you describe that location? It's kind of where you can level up. Yeah, I think it's meant to be sort of um, a mixture of like a saloon or some sort of haberdashery. Yeah. It's like these shops. It's this. It's like an interior building right. um, in the main village square where you can go to an alchemist and you can get your weapons upgraded and there's some secrets and people to talk to. Uh, but it, it it's in this sort of medieval Barokian classical style. It's, it's really sort of special pastiche. to hear this piece of music on acoustic guitar and incredibly impressive that this is one guitarist here. I mean, Sam, right. his arrangements for solo guitar are particularly impressive because he has yeah. so much double duty. It's it's crazy. Right. Well, both uh, the Super Guitar Brothers, I so love. I mean, we got to play more of their arrangements. I yeah. I have a CD that uh, I got at um, VGMCon several years ago of their mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time album. And this particular performance reminds me a lot of the music there, particularly like the theme for the owl. It's a similar thing where it's this sort of medieval harmonic and classical structure yet with this kind of laid back groove to it so um, good sort of slapping the side of the guitar this is a great choice just so infectious yeah definitely really really enjoyed that one all right now we're going to play another i guess i would say cover arrangement by another vgm band and this is another one of our friends here this is do a barrel roll based out of minneapolis um 
And the guitarist and the keyboardist, Austin, of this band is one of the people that is in charge of organizing the VGM Con events. Actually, he just relocated to Texas recently. Um, so anyway, this is from the album they put out, I think, earlier this year called Super Smash Band Heroes. And this is a tune called Bless the Minds. And one of the cool things that they do is they do these mashups. And so they will take a video game track and they will at some point mash it up with some sort of pop song. And so at some point in this track, maybe after we fade down, we might hear a little bit of what that is. Let's take a listen to Bless the Minds. You guys are listening to Bless the Minds. Just a little taste of this. It's a longer tune. This is by Do a Barrel Roll, our buddies, uh, who some of which helped to put on VGM Con. We've played many shows with them, including MAGFest. It was fun. Um, uh, at MAGFest, they were right after us on the lobby stage this past MAGFest, and so that was a really good time to, to play with them. This is from their album Super Smash Band Heroes. And you guys might hear a taste, um, if we kind of hear in the background here a little bit, this tune actually mashes up Africa by Toto with Mining Melancholy by Dave Wise. Well, a big part of what they've been doing in recent years is mashups between popular music, film music, TV show theme songs, just any kind of generic, mimetic Thing in the pop culture zeitgeist mm-hmm. with video game music, which is so much fun. Um, and there's other bands that do that. Like I heard uh, VGM Con a couple years ago, someone um, mashed together Steam Gardens yeah. with uh, uh, what song was it? It's like uh, oh, it's the Coldplay "Viva La Vida." Yeah, that I think B that was the one up. Kind of has a similar. Was that yeah, not the one ups? Yeah, so clever. I love that kind of stuff. Um, these little inside jokes. It seems. It's really fun. It's part of the whole cheeky, irreverent, 
I don't know, garage band nature of VGM cover Yeah, this bands. might be my favorite of their mashups. I mean, the way that that Africa groove, dun, 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 and then they go back to the the melody line from Mighty Melancholy, and so they go back and forth, and eventually, and you guys should check out the whole uh, tune on their band camp, eventually they go into like the full instrumental version of like a chorus of Africa, which is a lot right. of fun. Um, so yeah, just a nice way. I thought this episode was a nice way to kind of showcase some of our friends in the VGM band scene out there. So a bunch of fellow nerds um, and uh, a large percentage of people that are highly more talented than we are. Because when I think of all these people, I more than it seems almost like more than half of the people on this list are people that we've met or were friendly with. Yep. Um, so much talent. Anybody in the hit points, just like I bow down before, <laughs> but they're so nice. To be fair, I mean the hit points. The hit points are better than everyone else. <laughs> yes, um, and I think yeah, one of the cool things close. about having so many different kinds of EGM bands is I think we're all so different, and we have our different strengths and kind of the things that we focus on doing different tunes and different styles and different energies. And so I love that uh, every, every one of these bands can coexist in a, in a peaceful way. It's really fun stuff. It's a fun community to be a part of. Okay. Right. So the last thing we'll do here before the play out is we do want to have, we try to have at least one example uh, actually featured in a video game. Now that could open a whole rabbit hole, which you know you could go down. But yeah, we're just gonna do one, and it shouldn't be surprising that it's from a Mario and Sonic game. This is from, <laughs> I couldn't resist Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. It's actually the first one in the series, and this is a really great arrangement of Good Egg Galaxy. Uh, from Super Mario Galaxy. It's called Dream Ski Jumping, and I think it just is really nice. Uh, This is by Kenichi Takoi and Fumi Kumatani. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Dream Ski Jumping. This is an, a, a really creative, nice arrangement of Good Egg Galaxy. Originally composed by Koji Kondo, this is by Kenichi Takoi and Fumi Kumatani, a bunch of really talented Sega musicians um, that had a blast working on music that they normally would never get to work on. Yeah, what well, are your thoughts on this remix, man? I love these um, arrangements for the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games because it's sort of this, it sounds like a television chamber orchestra or kind Doesn't of like the orchestra you'd get at like the Oscars. Everything's dry, a lot of close mics. Man, it's so fun. And there's fun. sort of these fun pops arrangements, but yet 
almost all of them have a, a slightly different kind of groove or drum kit style behind all of it. And this is, to me, it's like if there were video game Oscars, this is what should have, you know, when Mario Galaxy wins game of the year. I agree. Y- yeah, I mean. Miyamoto should walk down the aisle to this. <laughs> One of the cool things that, that, a, that a few of these Mario and Sonic arrangements have is almost like a breakbeat style on the drums and yeah. it's something to, to make a slightly modernize it and maybe add a little bit of uh humor to it i, I suppose but in any well, case it's, funny, it's a Mahito really Yakoda, well done arrangement it's funny because mihito yokota actually kind of did that in super mario 3d world where That's he true, rearranged yeah. his gusty garden theme with sort of a breakbeat you know something that blows my mind will about the, the the Mario, particularly the Mario Galaxy music that's in this Mario and Sonic series, is this is already music that was wonderfully performed and recorded by real players. And these Sega composers did that again. They got a different orchestra to perform right. it also really well, just in a slightly different way. It's just like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Well, and it definitely seems like they transcribe. They're just killer musicians because they yeah. must have transcribed stuff by ear, made the arrangements, but they all have so much taste and a clear sense of love and faithfulness to what's great about the originals, yet yep. the confidence and the production is like far beyond. It's like when you blend the the melodies and the the just positive energy of these fantastic Nintendo melodies with the sort of production chops and arrangement chops of and just the budget frankly of these Sega composers and right. Sega musicians it's like it's like the greatest it's Nintendo soundtrack heaven. ever <laughs> oh god it's so good Okay, guys, we're going to play you out with a cover of mine. Uh, we, we did mention we played in the episode with something of Will's. We thought it'd be fun to bookend it here. This is um, a cover that is called That's Cold, Man. <laughs> I mean, my idea was to bookend them both with mine, but uh, I guess this is more <laughs> So, fair. yeah, I called it that because this is a cover of Cold Man from Rockman and Forte, one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. And it's a very faithful cover. I didn't change anything necessarily. I just kind of fleshed it out with real instruments, and I had a really good time doing so. Played drums on it, uh, bass, guitar keys. And I'm so glad you did it that way because Naoshi Mizuda's music is without flaw. It is absolutely perfect. (laughs) It doesn't need anything else. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy this faithful cover of Cold Man. And I hope you enjoyed all the remixes and covers and arrangements we played today. It was really fun finding this stuff. And it's good to check in with this scene. It's an incredible community of talented, eclectic folks. And uh, hopefully we did a little bit of that justice today. Heck yeah. This was so much fun. Hope you guys had a good time. Uh, next week, we're going to be having a long overdue installment of Show and Tell. Yay! Which I is love be Show fun. and Tells. And, um, I maybe mentioned a while back, I'm moving to Chicago because I'm starting grad school at Columbia College. Um, and I'm moving on August 1st. Emma and I are moving down there. So next week, I think, will be one of the last episodes, if not the last. I think it's the second to last episode that we're going to be recording. Before that. Uh, within the same place. But probably the last one we'll do in person. So For a while. Emotional. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. This was such a fun episode. Thank you so much for joining us and listening. We love you guys. We're going to play you out with this cover from Rockman Forte. That's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.